Welcome to Backstage with Becca with special guest Nicole Morris. and welcome to this episode of Backstage with Becca B. On this episode, this Ithaca College graduate from Southern California is currently on the national tour of Les Miserables, where she is a swing and understudies Eponine. Please welcome Nicole Morris. How are you? I'm great. How are you? Very good. Very good. I'm so excited to have you on today. I love talking about Les Mis. So like, yes. it's one of my favorite shows ever. I saw the... Uh, 2010 like live concert uh uh um movie in theaters mm -hmm. so many times as oh many my gosh because i was so like i think it was my first introduction to women so yeah always geek out about that show <laughs> i do too yeah <laughs> we're the same in that sense <laughs> yes love that i absolutely love that so how have you been you're currently on a national tour so like things are busy i assume things are busy but things are honestly great and i i have to pinch myself every time like thinking that i'm i'm still doing this show and like i don't know it's just a dream come true for me and yeah i'm, I'm really happy to be here and having a great time I absolutely love that. Um, so have you always known that you wanted to be a theater performer? And like, when was the moment that you realized? I think I, well, I come from a family of performers. My mom was on Broadway when, um, before I was born, she was in a chorus line um, and she did a couple national tours as well. And so it's kind of been, it runs in the family a little bit. So I've always been exposed to theater, but, I actually, when I was younger, I used to be very shy and I hated singing in front of people, which is very funny and ironic. But um, I think I started doing theater because I was following in my sister's footsteps because she's a couple years older than me and she started doing theater in high school. And so I decided to audition for a musical when I was in middle school. And then that led to me wanting to do theater for the rest of my life. I think I, my first lead that I got was Millie and Thoroughly Modern Millie. And <laughs> I loved, I loved doing it and I loved performing and I was like obsessed with Sutton Foster as a kid and all of this stuff. So I was like, you know what, this is what I want to do as a career. And that's the rest is history, I guess. <laughs> I mean, and I feel like also when you get like a title character in a show, you're like, I, I guess I'm kind of good at this. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. I mean, it, it was, I really wasn't expecting with that show specifically, I wasn't expecting to get the lead because I was, it was me up against two other girls and I was a freshman in high school and they were seniors. And you would think that like, that maybe the, a senior would get it because it's their last year or whatever. And um, and I had also lost my voice during the callback. So it was just like a recipe for disaster. I was like, there's no way I'm getting this role. And then when I got it, I was like, okay, maybe maybe I could do this professionally. And you know, if, if I had lost my voice and I was a freshman and like all this stuff, like I, I feel like, I definitely had 
some sort of talent, I guess. <laughs> yes. You're like, the odds were against me, but I, but I did it. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah, it's like a confidence booster. Mm-hmm. So totally. do you remember what the first theater show you ever saw was? I assume you saw a lot of theater as a kid since you mentioned that you grew up in a family that was very like into theater and did theater. Mm-hmm. I, I think the production, the earliest production that I had seen as a kid was probably Lion King. I have a very like distinct memory of doing like a backstage tour when I was very young and like just being on the stage and stuff. I think I saw it at the Pantages in the Hollywood, um, which Lamez is going to the Pantages this summer. So that's really exciting. And I, I can't believe I get to perform on that stage. But yeah, I think it was the Lion King. Um, and I have very like early memories of seeing Wicked and I think I, I saw my mom do a couple shows at the Hollywood Bowl as a kid and like all this stuff. So, yeah. You're, and like when you see that and you're like watching live performances on stage, it's like so different than being in front of a TV or being in front of a movie theater screen and watching the medium on a screen. You're like, oh. Absolutely. Yeah. People. And like. Yeah, like with Lion King specifically, that opening number with Circle of Life, when they come down with like the puppets and everything down the aisles of the audience, it's so immersive and so beautiful. And like, I, I've seen Lion King a couple times later in my life. And like, I just, I literally have tears in my eyes and I'm just sobbing because it's just so beautiful. And you you really are just like in it as opposed to, yeah, just seeing a TV screen and, and not being as immersed as you are with theater. Yes, you see, you realize that like people are right in front of you. And yeah. That any, that anything can be a distraction too. So turn off your phones in the theater. <laughs> turn off your phones in the theater. <laughs> Big problem in 2023. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> so growing up, how did you work on your craft and like work to um, like better yourself as a performer? I, so I went to an art school in Orange County, California. And um, I worked by obviously doing that and doing those classes and everything. But I have like an interesting kind of story where I had started in, they, they called the different programs in the high school conservatories. So I started in what was called the Integrated Arts Conservatory, which is where it just sounds as it is, where it's it's multiple arts integrated together and you learn to, to sing and you learn to dance and you learn to do visual arts and all of this stuff. So it's like all sorts of different arts. And my sister was in the musical theater conservatory. And so I really wanted to be in the theater conservatory. So I kept auditioning every single year from seventh grade to 10th grade and I just couldn't get in. And I would get so upset because I'm like, this is, this is exactly what I want to do. And I know I deserve to be in this, in the musical theater conservatory. And so I, it prompted me to work harder and harder. And, and eventually when I was in 10th grade, I got into the conservatory and then spent the rest of my high school years in doing musical theater, which was great. But um, yeah, without those early years of like trying really hard to get in and to be a part of this theater community and stuff like I 
I don't think I would be where I am today, but. So like going into college, you were having gone to an art school. I feel like, do you feel like you are more prepared to go into, because I know that those musical theater programs in colleges aren't easy and like you're auditioning for them. Like even at that point, there's auditions. Mm -hmm. It's a whole test. Do, Do you feel like the conservatory helped prepare? I think it definitely did because with being in high school, with other people who do theater, we were all kind of experiencing the same thing of auditioning for colleges and, and preparing to go to college and all that stuff. And, and most everyone went into a BFA program. Um, I went to Ithaca College and I, um, yeah, like, sorry, my brain just <laughs> froze for a second. <laughs> I'm looking outside the window and I'm like, ooh, it's so pretty outside. <laughs> but yes, um, mood. <laughs> yeah, that's a move. But yeah, I um, I feel like it had prepared me f- to get into college a little bit more. But at the same time, we all kind of start at a base point when we're in college. So it, no matter what experiences you have, you know, you you get to college because it is completely different from high school, especially a BFA program. So I think I would say yes and no to that question of being prepared. Also, growing up in California, I I was going to mention that, like, I feel like in recent years, theater has become more and more popular in California. I'm in Los Angeles currently. Um, Mm -hmm. So what what was it like watching theater kind of grow in the Southern California area? It's I've noticed it has definitely grown. I have. I kind of, when I was in college, cause I was in New York, so I kind of stepped away from that theater community and stuff, but um, yeah, I, it, it is kind of cool that it's becoming a lot more like ubiquitous in the LA County and Orange County and stuff. And, um, and especially I would say also with Disneyland being in Anaheim and stuff, there are a lot of perform, it's, there's a lot of integration between the performers at Disneyland and also performers in just Orange County, like theater in general and LA theater. Um, but yeah, I've, I've noticed it become a lot more present and it's exciting to see. It's so cool. Yeah. I've, I've been here since 2015 and it's just like kept on growing and like in little ways in the last eight years. Mm-hmm. So cool as a, as a theater fan. So before I get into Les Mis, I want to talk about regional theater because I just have like an appreciation for regional theater. I think it's, I think it's um, so cool that it like gives people across the country access to see live theater and to see professionals doing live theater, which is like, you don't even have to go to a national tour. You don't have to let, to see it in your city because mm-hmm. there's so much going on regionally. So what is your favorite regional show that you've done? And is there a show that you think has challenged you the most, but also prepared you to tackle more of the theater world? Hmm. That's a good question. I, let's see. I, surprisingly, I haven't done a lot of regional theater, but I've done most, I would say mostly like summer stock and stuff. Um, I would say my favorite would have to be, 
I, I did a production of Footloose. <laughs> that was oh. really fun. Um, and I played Rusty and that was kind of, and she sings for people who don't know, she sings, let's hear it for the boy. And that was the first time where I felt like I kind of stepped out of my comfort zone and stuff and really just like sang it the way that I would sing it. And I think Summerstock kind of gives you that opportunity and I guess regional theater too, um, to give you the opportunity to be free with the character and explore a character more so than you would in like a national tour where there's, I think there are more rules set in place, but this one you get to be just a little bit more, um, like I said, free. So I think Footloose was really fun. That's probably my favorite. And I think the most challenging kind of think. What did I do? There was, I played um, one of like an ensemble character in a production of Mary Poppins. And I understudied the evil nanny. I forget what her name was. Um, and that was actually the first time I had understudied a role and had gone on for that role. And what? that was really scary. <laughs> and, it, but it, it set me up for obviously what I do now, which is being a swing and understudying and stuff. And like, um, so that definitely was a challenge, but it definitely prepared me to do what I'm doing right now and today. Yes. Oh my gosh. That's so, I feel like Mary Poppins is like a show we need it. We need like a revival and coming. Oh my God. Absolutely. And I remember seeing the national tour of um, Mary Poppins and just seeing how magical it was when she literally flies with her umbrella at the end. It's just so exciting. Oh my gosh. I feel like it's been forever since like that's even been seen on like on Broadway or national tours. So like need it manifesting 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 so <laughs> I want to talk like Miz because mm-hmm. as I mentioned one of my favorite shows love geeking out about it so what was your audition process like for Les Miz and what made you want to audition for the show first of all I always tell this story because it's very interesting but I had moved to New York City last July so exactly a year ago and I was I had just gotten off a, a recent tour called an officer and a gentleman and I had moved to New York being like I'm finally moving and I get to live my life in New York and all of this stuff and then a, a, a week later I got a call for lameness <laughs> I was like okay um and of course like I, I sent him a self-tape and then they called me back I think a week later to go in person and sing all of the material and it was it was ensemble material plus eponine material so it was like eight pieces of music and I was like okay and I was I was familiar with Les Mis and I know the music but I wasn't I couldn't like sing a full song off the top of my head at the time so I still had to like sit down and really learn this music and it was, it was a lot of work, but obviously it was worth it. So I went to the audition and it was our resident director who was there. And um, there's just like a little tripod in the corner of the room. And so it was, I was in there for a good, probably hour, just working on all of the material, each and every single piece that I had prepared. And, and his name is Corey, who is our, um, 
or sorry, our assistant director, not a resident director, but he, um, he helped us, he helped me with the material in a way that felt like a masterclass. Like it was a really great audition. And I had left and then come back later that day to really work on the material a little bit more. And there was a point in the audition where there was kind of an implication that I, I was going to get the role. And I had never, that's never happened to me in an audition before. So I kind of left being like, I think I okay. got this. Yeah. I was like, I think I got it. <laughs> um, and yeah, so that was a very interesting time and it was awesome and it was a great experience. And like, yeah, that was, that was what my audition was like for ladies. <laughs> So like, were you aware like during the audition process that you were going in to be a swing on the tour? Sort of. I had auditioned, it said ensemble and or swing or, um, or I guess ensemble or swing slash Eponine understudy. And I, I had a feeling that I was being considered as a swing when they asked me to sing the soprano part for the end of one day more <laughs> which is a high c and it's very high <laughs> from yes. experience um but i think they were testing to see if i was able to to sing such a high note as well as you know because when you're swing you sing alto you sing soprano you sing everything essentially and so um i think in that moment there was kind of a test I think to see if I could sing that and kind of be a jack of all trades for lack of a better term yes oh my, which like I feel like puts a lot of pressure on someone as a performer but also like how cool to have like the whole creative team trust you to that extent mm -hmm. and be like you know what I feel like she could do I feel like she could handle this absolutely and I had never been a swing before so the fact that they, yeah, that they trusted me to do this is means a lot to me, especially. And so, yeah, I think it, it was just a great audition and I'm, I'm happy to be where I am now. And you compared it to a master class, which I like the audition, which I thought was interesting. So I hear like a lot of people like talk about how auditioning is scary and like it, I mean, yeah, because you're basically going into interview for a job for people mm -hmm. like watching who are like in like real world job like in like these jobs like who yeah do like zoom interviews for not musical theater but um so do you like look at auditioning as a way to learn as well yeah and I think especially with this audition it just felt so I just felt so safe and like, yeah, I truly, it felt like a masterclass, which I had never felt before. And I had done an audition a couple weeks before going in for Les Mis that was, could not be the more opposite <laughs> type of audition where it, it's, it was an audition where you, if, if you were just getting to, into theater, it was something that you would imagine where it was like, horrifying. The, the, horrifying yeah and yeah. then like they they kind of count you down and they're like you're cut you're cut you're cut like that type of stuff and I would just cut myself <laughs> I'd be like nope <laughs> I, I was like okay goodbye and I got cut and I was like 
this is very odd and I don't like this. I don't like the environment. I don't like, you know, but when I went in for Les Mis, it was like a complete opposite experience. And um, I just, and I think the thing that made it so great was that there was just communication from both ends, as opposed to you just being a performer and being like, I'm not allowed to speak. I'm not allowed to do this or whatever, which I don't believe is what an audition should be. It should be an open conversation where you can, you know, even share your own ideas and ask questions and do all this stuff. So um, yeah, I, I felt like it was just a, a very safe environment when I auditioned for my news. It speaks volumes um, when it comes to how successful productions of Les Mis have been. Totally, the, yeah. The creative team respects everyone in the room and wants to hear from everyone in the room. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So first of all, what was your reaction when you booked the show? And then what was it like stepping into the rehearsal room for the tour for the first, for the first time? So my reaction when I booked the show, I remember I was just leaving the gym <laughs> and I was walking and I was literally on a street corner and my agent called me and I was like, Hey, what's going on? <laughs> and she was like, so you got Les Mis. And I literally crouched down in the, this, on the street corner. I was like, Oh my God. <laughs> like, I was so excited. I was like, I did. Oh my gosh. And the thing, I remember the first thing that I said, I was like, am I getting my equity card? <laughs> And she was like, yes, you are. Cause it's, this was my first equity contract. Um, so, and still is obviously, but yeah, I, <laughs> it was, it was very exciting. And, and then going into rehearsal, it's always just so cool meeting everybody and, and feeling like you belong in the space and, and, and feeling that everyone else belongs in the space with you, that you all are on the same playing field and you're doing a beautiful piece of art together. Um, so I think we all felt that energy when we came in and met each other. And we still feel that energy to this day where we are just like, yeah, we, we deserve to be here. And we're putting on and continuing putting on this beautiful, beautiful show that people love. So yeah, it was just, it was, it was very exciting to meet everybody for the first time and, and feel that energy. Yes. And how it, how is rehearsed, like, what is the rehearsal process like for a swing for people who don't know? Because I feel like I don't know a lot of like how as a swing you rehearse in the rehearsal room. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we, most of my time was, I was sitting behind a table watching everything. We got to go up a few times if someone was going in for like a costume fitting or some people were, they had conflicts during the beginning of the rehearsal process. So I filled in for a, a girl. Um, so I got to actually jump right in for the first day of rehearsal, wow. like singing all these solos and stuff. Um, and yeah, but most of the time you do just sit behind a table and I have a lovely iPad that I'm actually using at the moment. So I can't show you, but I have like the Apple pencil and everything. And I would, I would like, um, our stage manager would send us PDF files of like the ground plan of each of the set pieces and the each of the scenes and stuff. And so I would use my pencil and like mark all of the swing tracks that I was, or all of the tracks that I was covering. And 
I would draw like a little map of where they were on the page and stuff. And I, I found that to be a lot of work, but also very fun and something that I've never done before. So, but yeah, that's, that's what the rehearsal process was like. Wow. So you like, you were prepared. You were like, first, like I'm in class, I'm prepared. I'm going to talk. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I actually, I had read a book that was recommended by my mom because it was a friend of hers that wrote this book about how to be a swing. And I wish I remembered the name of the book and the name of the author, but it was, it prepared me like so well for, for the rehearsal process it was basically just a book of being like how to be a swing simple as that and then it, it showed you know how you can write in your notes how you prepare for being a swing like all of this stuff so I really have to thank that author for writing this book because it really helped me and I wish I could remember the name at the moment but I cannot if you you could like email me and, and be like this is the name and I'll put it in the description for people amazing I'll do that yeah Yes. So I'm curious, how many tracks were you learning in the rehearsal room? I was learning nine tracks. So we had eight ensemble tracks plus Eponine. And Eponine. Wow. So you're like yeah. not only learning the blocking for all of these eight ensemble tracks, but you're learning the blocking for Eponine, who has a pretty big part in the show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I good for you for like because I would be completely overwhelmed and I think most people would as well being in like yeah I it was definitely overwhelming at first and kind of unbelievable that I was I just couldn't believe that I would be able to handle this but at any like you get to a point where you're just like I have no choice but to handle it yeah. and so you yeah you just naturally and automatically get into that headspace where you're like I have nothing else to, to do I just have to do this you know so um, I think having that mentality has helped a lot and I feel like Les Mis is such like an ensemble piece at its core like there are absolutely yeah characters in the show but at its core I feel like most scenes involve the entire cast mm-hmm which is really cool. So it's like yeah. the entire time. Yeah, but the thing that gets a little bit scary as a swing is that they're, especially during, at the end of the day, which is like the kind of the beginning song after the prologue um, that involves the whole ensemble and everyone is in like big clumps with hoods and it's dark on stage. <laughs> so that that is a nightmare for a swing because you're like, I have no idea who I'm looking at right now, where they are. It is absolutely bonkers. It's wild. You're like, I don't even know where I am. I can't see. <laughs> I can't see. Exactly. And when you're actually doing it with the hood, you're like, oh my gosh, this is kind of crazy. Yeah. You're like, uh, a flashlight, please? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I need just a little bit of light, please. Oh my goodness. Do you remember what your national tour in... Well, like your Les Mis debut was like, um, Oof. it was, yeah, it, I, so I jumped in for one of the ensemble girls and I'll tell this story and then I'll tell the Eponine story because that one was really interesting too. But, um, I had jumped in for one of the ensemble girls the first time I was on and it was 
it was very overwhelming and in a very good way as well. But also I had a lot of anxiety and because it, it is scary of just like jumping in to a role that you hadn't really done before, except for in rehearsals, but you're doing it with like costumes and just everything. And the show, the show is up and running and you're just like, you're, it feels like a moving train that you have to try to jump on. Um, so it was, it was very overwhelming. And like, I think the thing that was scary the most was like figuring out the backstage traffic. Cause yes. you kind of, you kind of know the onstage traffic at this point, but like you, you know, you're putting on costumes that you haven't worn since your costume fitting. And you're like, I remember putting on so many things backwards and I was like, Oh, the tag is right here. And, and like, yeah. Our wardrobe supervisor had to be like, Nope turn it around. (laughs) Um, so that was overwhelming, but also great. And, and I felt the love from the, from the rest of the cast as well. When I, and I got to debut with my male swing friend who, so it, it made me feel a little bit more safe as well. Um, for Eponine, I had jumped in mid show and that was my first time going on for Eponine. And they had announced me over the the monitor and they were like Nicole you're gonna be going on for Eponine and me being like I was like shaking I was like oh my god this is crazy (laughs) so that was that was wild as well but like I said you just kind of have to do it you have no other choice but to um and it makes it all the more exciting and rewarding at the end did they like announce mid-show too what that you were going on Mm-hmm. And that was right before I had to sing on my own, so that yes. was scary. <laughs> I was gonna say, what an what an amazing time too, though, to get to yeah. go on like right before the big solo. Yeah, it was it was awesome. Wow! So stepping into a role like Eponine, like Les Mis has done, I don't even know how many shows on mm-hmm. the national tour and Broadway productions. But stepping into a role like Eponine, how do you go about making a character like her your own on stage and like bringing yourself to the character? Mm. I I don't know. I mean, what's interesting is that all three Eponines we have. So our regular Eponine, which is played by Christine Hee-Sun Huang. And then we have another um, Eponine cover, Dalen Carter-Jorif, and then myself. So, and... Dalen and I share the the role equally, which is great when Christine is out. Um, But we, and people keep saying to us that all three of us have very different epithenes. And I, I can't, I don't know if I can describe what mine is like, but it's, it just always has to do with the way that I interact with others on stage, specifically with like, with Marius and, and how that connection kind of blossoms and how that chemistry blossoms and stuff. And so I would say, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I know Eponine is very playful and especially with Marius, but then you kind of, and it makes it all the more heartbreaking during On My Own when she kind of really expresses her love and, and her loneliness and her vulnerability and stuff. And so um, I would say just all in all, she's a very complex character and I, I play it how I would play it, I guess she like, yeah, but you know what I mean. 
I mean, also like you're playing uh like I feel like the fan favorite in the show too, mm. which is really cool because I don't know. I think I'm like when Act Two starts, I'm like, oh my god, it's almost time for on my own, and mm-hmm. I get so excited for like just that song because that song always gives me like chills and goosebumps in the best way possible. Yeah. So. I mean, it must be cool to hear like that big thunderous applause after, especially that solo. Yeah, it's, it is wild because it is such a popular song and such a popular character. And I definitely, I, to be completely honest, I do feel that pressure when I'm on stage as her. Um, And I always have to like really think of the lyrics and stuff because I'm like, people know this song (laughs) and you don't want to mess it up. So, um, yeah, it's just like, it, it's very rewarding too at the end of On My Own, especially when you do hear that applause and you hear how much, and it, and it doesn't, it, it doesn't really have to do with you, but it has to do with the character and how beloved she is, you know? Um, and I just, I just hope that I do her justice, essentially. I mean, I feel like it definitely like does in a way like have to do with who's playing her on stage like the people who like who the casting directors choose to play her on stage they choose for a reason because they know that the audience who are like like hugely Miz fans will be like that is a perfect happening mm. yeah totally so I feel like talk about we talked about trust earlier with like being a swing but there's also like a certain amount of trust that comes from someone being like, hey, these people can play Eponine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that really, when you think about it, because it's like, ultimately, Cameron McIntosh is the one that made this decision. And when you think about that, that's a huge honor. <laughs> it's like, really, it, it, I can't believe it sometimes, you know? Yes, so I think, yeah, I think you have to like be like, hey, remember that at all mm-hmm. times. So I'm curious because Eponine has such like a heartbreaking story in the show. If you could write an alternate ending for Eponine, what would your alternate ending be? Mm. I mean, I think the obvious one would be that, you know, maybe, well, the obvious one definitely would be that she wouldn't die at the end. (laughs) Um, But I think people... No, by now. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly. It's spoiler alert for people who haven't seen Lamez, but um, yeah, I would say that she lives and, you know, she gets to, whether it's romantic or not, she gets to live her life with Marius. You know, I, I think Marius and Cosette definitely are be- a beautiful, you know, pair, but I think the, the love of her life is Marius, whether that means it's you know, a romantic relationship or a platonic relationship, I think any sort of relationship that they have together, I hope would continue throughout her life. Yes. I always like want to like pair her with some of the other like guys in the show. <laughs> up and mm-hmm. be like, hey, maybe these guys live and then like Eponine can be like romantically involved with them. Mm-hmm. totally yeah and there's so many different characters in the show that you could do that with <laughs> yes exactly so are you more of an eponine or cosette in real life and why 
Mm, that's a good question. I would say I'm I'm more of an eponine and and then let me think about why. <laughs> I mean, I in in terms of my romantic life or just like the, my love life or whatever, I think I tend to be a little bit more vulnerable and more and I express my emotions and wear my heart on my sleeve a little bit, um, which obviously Ebony doesn't do until later on where you kind of see her break a little bit. But um, yeah, I would say I think the vulnerability for sure is what makes me connect to Eponine just a little bit more. Yes. Do you have a favorite like past Eponine? I'm curious. Mm. Whether it's Broadway, Western, or like a national tour. I mean, I think, honestly, Leah Salonga just does it for me. <laughs> she, she is just so, I mean, anything that she does, I'm just so blown away by. But I think her eponine is absolutely gorgeous. And the way that she sings on my own is unbelievable. Once you go d- down that, like, eponine uh, YouTube hole, you're ne- you never get out of it. Because you're like, oh, my God, these people are all so amazing. They're all so amazing. And there's like YouTube compilations of different Ebony's and stuff. Oh and it's it's it, really cool to see how different everyone plays her. It's so crazy. So how would you convince people, as I keep mentioning, Lee Miss has been op- like open national tour wise, Broadway wise and Western wise for years. How would you convince people to come see this current national tour of Lee Miss? Hmm. I think just exactly that. The fact that it's been up for so many years in, in different countries even and and like just yeah the the popularity of this show should be enough for people to come and see the show because like it's and it's so well loved and even if you know absolutely nothing about it I think you kind of hear lame is and you're like oh yeah lame is you know it's there's no negative connotation to that title at all and so I think yeah just the the fact that it's just so popular I think is a a a reasonable way to come and see the show yes and as you mentioned it's coming to Pantages soon Mm -hmm. so why are you most excited about performing on the Pantages stage I think, well, this kind of circles back to the beginning of this um, Zoom calls that I saw Lion King and I saw like Wicked at the Pantages and I I grew up seeing shows there. And so the fact that I get to perform there is just like a dream come true for me. And I've wanted to do this for a long time. I've wanted to be in the national tour and perform at the Pantages for as long as I can remember. And now it's, ha- it's gonna happen. It's going to happen. It's going to be crazy. (laughs) Oh my gosh. So cool. So I want to manifest, what are some dream roles of yours that you want to play? I really, my current one is I want to be par in six. (gasps) Yes. Oh my gosh. Love par in six. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that would be such an awesome show to do because I think the music is great. I think the choreography is fun, but I also, this is such a weird thing, but I love holding a microphone. (laughs) I love holding a handheld and feeling like I'm performing in a concert. I think everyone who does theater or is a singer can relate to like 
being home alone, pretending that you're singing at a concert or you're in the shower and whatever, <laughs> and you feel the rain, the rain fall on you and be like, oh, I'm, I'm in a concert right now. Um, so, so yeah, that's kind of, that's one of the reasons why I would love to be in six, but that's definitely my, my main dream at the moment. Ooh, love that. I could definitely see that. So we're manifesting it. I'm going to be like, okay, we manifested it. We manifested it here. That's right. <laughs> yes. How do you work on self-confidence in the theater industry as a performer? Hmm. How do I work on self-confidence? I mean, I... I think if I have any sort of little thought of doubt in my head or any negative thought, I kind of quickly just brush it away and be like, nope, that's yeah. not what, that's not what you're thinking about. My, my friend, she actually tells me if I'm overthinking about something, she'll just say the end and then just kind of like push that thought away. So I think when I'm having issues with confidence or anything, I'm just like the end. Nope. We're not going to deal with that right now. Oh my God. I need that in my life. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Just say the end and then you, you'd be surprised. It literally ends your thought. <laughs> and then you're like, oh, what was I thinking about again? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're like, oh, okay. <laughs> oh my God. Well, that's a good friend, first of all. That's She's a great, a great friend. friend. Wow. Do you have, who inspires you in the theater world? Mm. I'm trying to think. I would say, especially when I was younger, and like I mentioned, I really loved Ben Foster, who was also an eponym, um, weirdly enough. But she, when I did Millie, I was obsessed with her. <laughs> and like, I just really loved her story of being the underdog because she started out as an understudy for Thoroughly Modern Millie and then eventually got the role and stuff. And um, I think I very much relate to that. I've been an understudy for many, many productions in my life and um, kind of rising to the occasion when the opportunity comes per se. Um, so yeah, I think Sutton Foster was definitely an inspiration of mine. And I'm trying to think of somebody now. I mean, there are a lot of people that I respect in this industry and look up to and stuff so I don't think I could pick one but I yeah Sutton is incredible like that's an incredible choice I got <laughs> to hear the music man and I was like oh my god I cannot believe I'm sitting in this audience <laughs> her perform on stage yeah she's beautiful yes so kind of going off the understudy topic how uh why do you think that it's for theater performers. Why do you think being an understudy or being a swing, like at least once over the course of your career is important? Oh my gosh. I, I will say to everybody that you should be an understudy or swing at some point in your career because it, you just look at everything from a, a different perspective, you know, and not, not trying to diss people who have never been an understudy before, but you truly do have a lot of respect for understudies and swings when you do it you're just kind of like wow I I am here because if someone is out I jump in for them you know and especially as a swing when you're not on stage all the time 
you, but you're there just in case something happens. And, and some, and things have happened where I have had, yeah, I've had to jump in and stuff. And so, um, I think my respect for swings and understudies have, you know, gone up so much. And I think that you can get that respect if you experience it for yourself. Yes. Oh my gosh. And I feel like we live in like in 2023, like it's becoming like people are appreciating swings and understudies more and more, which is really, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think it's great. Yeah. They're learning that like these shows happen because of the swings and understudies. Yeah. And I definitely feel that with my cast, I think the lamest company is very supportive of us, which is awesome. Yes. Love that. So where can people follow you on social media to keep up with what you're doing and like to keep up with when you're on, whether it's as Eponine or whether it's as one of your other tracks in the show? So I mainly use Instagram and my Instagram is at Nicole underscore Morris. And yeah, I, I usually post there just about my life on tour and stuff. And um, yeah, if I'm going on for Eponine or wherever, I will kind of give out dates and stuff. So I think my Instagram, Nicole underscore Morris. And I'll put it in the description so people can follow you. And um, so lastly, do you have anything that you'd like to promote or do you just want to, whether it's theater related or not, or uh, do you just want to like tell people to come see Les Mis on tour? I think, yeah, just simple as that. Come see Les Mis. Um, we're currently in uh, San Francisco. And then Ooh. we're going to head to Fresno, which I actually, I have a couple dates um, of being Eponine for Fresno. So I think I'll send those to you as well. Yeah. Um, so people can like buy great. tickets. Yeah. So yeah, I just say, come see Les Mis in a city near you. <laughs> yes. I mean, and the Fresno theater is awesome. I went there for Wicked, strangely enough. Like, oh, you did? I haven't been there yet. I took a train there for Wicked. And it's like, I feel like, it's a very like different theater environment, but like, it's so cool seeing people who maybe don't get as much theater in that city come and see shows, like like huge shows, like Les Mis, Wicked, et cetera. Definitely, yeah. So I, I'm looking forward to being a Fresno. Yes, and Los Angeles later this summer, or like at the mm-hmm. end of the summer, yeah. yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining me today and geeking out about Les Mis with me. <laughs> um, of course. Thanks for watching this episode of Backstage with Becca B. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Becca B Talks TV. Or for more exclusive content from this interview and more, you can follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Backstage with Becca B. Make sure to subscribe to my channel and like this video. Or if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, go ahead and give me a five-star rating. Thanks for tuning in and I'll see you guys next time.